Hi, and welcome again to the Yes and I Am podcast, a podcast where we learn about people. I'm Aaron Max, and today's guest I am super excited about. I have been trying to get this guy on for a long time time and he's finally made it here i am a fan of his movies and just generally following him in the media and seeing what he has been up to i'm talking about actor nicholas cage how's it going nick feels great to be here thank you so much for having me what brings you out to new york well, there's a few projects. I can't talk about all of them, uh, but one is for Netflix. It's on spec. Uh, we're not sure if they're going to take it, but it, it's a really exciting project. So you're going to Netflix now? Hopefully. I don't want to count my chickens before they hatch, but that's the goal. So you, you, you're in negotiation with them? They want us to record the series, and if they like it, they'll release it to the public. And if they don't, I get to keep a copy on DVD. Oh, so you like to keep your own movies like... Uh, in a collection? Aaron, you got to be your own archivist these days. So, if I don't watch my movies, who knows if anyone will? True. So how many movies would you say you have? Because I, I know you have all the ones on your IMDb, which is quite mm. a bit. But you're saying there's some that were just never released? Yes, that is true. There are ones that we produced in full. There are ones we got halfway through. And then for whatever reason were not able to be completed, but I still maintain the footage in my personal archives. And how many films would you say are in your personal archives? Approximately 650. 650? That's impressive. I thought I was going to get some unrealistic number like 2,500 or something like that. Well, a big part of archiving is deciding what to keep and what to dismiss. And uh, for me, I keep things that have sentimental values and things that might have the ability to be turned into something else in the future. So you're saying you dismiss some. Is there any popular film that like our audience would know that you have dismissed? Oh, uh, that's a good question. Lord of War. Um, people like that movie. I never got into it. Wait, really? I, I'm a big fan. You, Jared Leto. Um, it was a big hit. Yeah, I know that people like it, but, you know, you never know the taste of the cook. Is there a film that you feel doesn't get enough attention that, uh, like, maybe critically panned that you have, like, aspirations to further develop? The Weatherman. The Weatherman? Yeah. I got to shoot a bow and arrow in that, and archery is actually a big pastime of mine in my personal life, Uh, and to get to do that on set was just a... Just a big thrill, man. So, so archery is a big passion of yours. Well, um, like, where, where do you go? Do you go bow hunting? or uh, I, I know some people go bow fishing. That's a thing. It's mostly just targets for me, Aaron. I just set up a target, and sometimes I'll say, this is a person who's wronged me. And then launch an arrow and another arrow, and it's just I feel the tension release. Wait, someone who's wronged you? Do, do you have... A hit list? <sighs> Not exactly. Here's the thing. There's people that you need dead, and there's people you'd wish would die, and it's not the same list. It's not the same list. No. So so give me an example. <sighs> My legal team has strongly discouraged me from naming names, but I will give you a few examples that I don't think will come back to harm me. People that I would like to see dead. The guy that voices the Pillsbury Doughboy. That's number one. That, that is incredibly specific. I am, I'm not familiar with the gentleman. 
the problem goes back to the late 1970s. We auditioned for the same part, and he pulled a move that disqualified me from the audition process. Uh, he told me he had inside information of what they were looking for. That turned out to be inaccurate, and I didn't get the part. He got the part, and he's been living off that ever since. And goddamn, if I wouldn't like to see him dead. Wow. Oh. You mentioned uh, late 1970s. Sorry, uh, I'm, yeah. I'm getting you off track. Uh, you didn't get your actual start until 1982 when you had landed your first role in Fast Times in Ridgemont High. I was very discouraged from that audition. It's actually uh, been recorded that at age 15, you talked to your uncle, who, for our listeners, Nick Cage is part of the Coppola family, for those who don't know. And you went to your uncle, you, you said, I'll, I'll show you acting. And then he was silent. <sighs> Do you ever think that maybe if an actor went through the trouble to change his name, he might be wanting to distance himself from his family? I mean, you did star in two of his films. Yeah, but what I'm saying is that if you invite someone on your podcasts who has deliberately distanced himself from a certain family, don't you think it would be prudent to not bring that up? Oh. I, I, my, my apologies. I, I realize that this is a touchy subject that um, you're part of the Cage family now. Who, who I recently found out that you, you uh, picked the name Cage because you were inspired by the Marvel Comics hero Luke Cage? Correct. Uh, I know there's a Netflix series of Luke Cage right now. How do you feel about it? Um, I'm not going to lie. Uh, I haven't seen it because I've been working on my own project on the side uh, based on that same property, and I don't want to taint my perception with an existing piece of work. Wait, based on Luke Cage? Correct. Who would you play? Oh, I'm not saying that I'd be playing Luke Cage per se, but uh, let's just say I've got it cast perfectly. Uh... All right, moving on. Uh, sticking in the Marvel universe, you, you yourself had played a hero in the past. You, mm -hmm. you were Ghost Rider. Correct. Two movies. Correct. Not the greatest received movies. <sighs> Do you want me to comment on that? Yeah, yeah I, I was wondering to get your comment. Uh, what went wrong? How would you feel about them? I know you're a big fan of motorcycles yourself, so it was a very fitting role for you. There's a big problem in any movie where you can't see the main character's face for a majority of the film. My face for those films was replaced with a skull surrounded by fire. Now, for those scenes, they attached the dots and did motion capture to get some of my emotion. But there is only so much that you can alter the skull to emote to audience so I think that if I had been allowed to do something more along of the of the Dio de los Muertos face paint and could still make cheek movements and scowls they would have been read better received because it's not great when your performance is put into the hands of animators so you have a big issue with animators then you could say that have you done a lot of animated film? Uh, I'm, I'm not familiar with uh, your animated work. No, I, I haven't focused on animation in the slightest. I think that it is a cowardly way of producing media. Is, is there any animation that you like? 
I like the Rescuers. The Rescuers Down Under? The Rescuers Down Under is fine. That is the sequel. I like the original, okay? The original, two mice get on an albatross to save a little girl on a steamboat. That's what movies are supposed to be about. I don't deny that. Uh, it's, a, it's, it's definitely a classic underrated Disney film. Correct. Uh, people don't really associate the rescuers with Disney. But um, that was one of the 90s? That one that came out? I believe it was earlier. I don't know. I, I buy a new copy every time they re-release it. I've got one on Blu-ray. I want to get it on 4K. There is one piece of trivia that I don't know if you know about. Okay. There is one frame in that movie that possesses a photo of a naked woman. Wait, really? Yes. And I found the easiest way to find it was on the Laserdisc version because before DVDs, you could pause it, and it wouldn't be like on the video cassettes where you'd get the artifacts, and it would be fuzzy, and you couldn't see this naked woman. On Laserdisc, it's clear as day. You seem uh, very excited about the naked woman in The Rescuers. You do realize that we have the internet, which has plenty of naked women on it. What fun is it to just look up pictures of naked people when you don't have to put in the work to suss them out from classic Disney animated films. Now, speaking of women, you've had an interesting history of women in the past. You've been married three times and uh, subsequently divorced three times. Uh, Patricia Arquette, Lisa Marie Presley, and then your longest marriage was to Alice Kim that ended in uh, 2016. Do you intend to embarrass all of your guests, Aaron. My intention is just to get a better look at who our heroes are, what their lives are like from like outside the camera. May I ask you how many relationships you've been in? Oh, I've been in plenty, but I've never been married. Well, when you get a little older, you'll see that sometimes marriage is important for tax reasons. And the specific... Uh, the specifics of my marriages... Do not need to be gotten into, okay? That's personal, okay? Point taken. I, I just realized, though, that um, the, your marriage is, like, there's at most a year in between them. <sighs> your last two, there wasn't even any time in between. Like, between Lisa Marie Presley and Alice Kim, you divorced Lisa Marie, Marie Presley in 04 and married Alice Kim in 04. <sighs> it's a story as old as time. Some relationships will overlap, and no one likes to talk about it, but it's the truth. You might fall out of love, and before you've gone through the ritual of distancing yourself from that person, you might find the next love. And when that occurs, what can you do? Nothing. Well, Wikipedia is going to tell you that, okay? They're going to tell you the numbers and the dates, but does that make it your business? Not necessarily. I'm just trying to figure out more about you. More about how Nicolas Cage's heart works. <laughs> My heart is like any other person's heart. It beats. It has four chambers. It has an aorta. It has more plaque than it should, but I'm not perfect. What would you say your greatest flaw is? My greatest flaw would probably be that I'll agree to be in projects without quite vetting them, this podcast being the most recent example. 
Oh, you're not happy to be here? It's less about, I'm not happy to be anywhere, okay? Okay. But what I'm saying is that I'll get a script, and I'll get really fucking excited about it, and I'll say, yes, let's do it, yes, and we'll make the movie, and then people will post on the internet, I don't like this movie. This movie is bad, just like his last movie. And there, people said there's a pattern. And I just love movies. I love making movies. And I love when I get to be in a movie. And no, I can't be like Leonardo DiCaprio going around saying no to this movie. No to that script. No, 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 no. And then he finds one. He says, this one, this is going to win the Oscar. I'll be in it. And you know what? He's in some great goddamn movies. But you know what? He doesn't make that many movies. Say what you will about me. Say what you will about him. But I make more movies than Leonardo DiCaprio ever will or has or ever will have. Nick, I like your movies. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, I, I'm a big fan of yours. I, I'm not trying to blow smoke up you. I... I grew up on the National Treasure movies. Oh. There's, they're like some of my fondest childhood memories. Thank you. And, and think about it this way: you and Leo, both only have one Oscar. You know, he he selects his movies. You still have the same amount of Oscars. I needed that. Thank you. No problem. I'm here as your friend. You know, you 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 can trust me. I, I'm I'm I'm, I can be your shoulder to cry on. I appreciate that. Next question, please. Oh, of course. Um, so, uh, let's talk about National Treasure because mm. uh, it, it is such a great movie. You had two of them. I enjoyed both of them. What do you think to those people who uh, compare it to the Da Vinci Code a lot and say that, like, the Da Vinci Code kind of tri- ripped off National Treasure? That, like, they, they're always drawing comparisons. A man searching through artifacts of history to get to the truth is a tale as old as time. Have you met Indiana Jones? He did the exact same thing. Went to a library, destroyed the floor. No one ever compares him to the Da Vinci Code. Now, American history is clearly very important to me. Always has been. And there are many people that would never have fallen in love with American history if not for the National Treasure films. Now, the Renaissance, beautiful paintings, Da Vinci invented a very inspiring vehicle called the air screw. Do you know about the air screw? I do not. The air screw was much like the helicopter of today. The idea that a man would exert labor to spin a screw of canvas through the air, lifting him and the apparatus into the heavens. Okay. However... There was one fatal flaw. As the screw went one way, the body of the aircraft would spin the other way. Now, that's just physics. Yeah, that doesn't sound like it would work. What does every helicopter have? Blades? How many? Uh, I mean, are they all the same? Uh, No. They're not. But typically, a helicopter will have Two blades, a main rotor, and a second rotor, known as usually a tail rotor on most helicopters. There's coaxial helicopters. There's tandem rotor helicopters, but that's not what we're talking about. You seem to know a lot about helicopters. 
I had to learn a lot about helicopters for my father. I don't want to get into it, but he said, if I have a boy, my boy will fly. And I said, why, dad? Why do I have to fly? He said, because my last son didn't. Anyway, Da Vinci didn't know about the tail rotor. Didn't know that you need to counteract the force of the primary rotor. Now, the Da Vinci Code didn't get into that part of it. Have you seen the Da Vinci Code? Have you read the book? Are you familiar? Yes, of course. You know that the Last Supper, the painting? Yeah. Very important part. Of course. Now, here's something you don't, I don't know if you'll notice. You ever looked at what's on the table? Yeah, there's, there's food. What kind of food? Um, it's a Passover Seder, right? It should be. But there's bread everywhere. Oh, I did not notice that. Why would there be bread at Passover? It just makes me think that Da Vinci didn't know what the fuck he was talking about. So why make a whole franchise based on a guy that couldn't get it straight? Fair enough. Uh, I, I do want to say, again, Adaptation, one of my favorite movies of all time. Thank you. Great movie. Uh, Charlie Kaufman, one of my favorite writers. And it was cool that you got to play Charlie Kaufman and his make-pretend twin brother. Yeah. That was a great role. You got nominated for an Oscar for that, so I good did. on you. I did. All right. So, Nick, it's come to that point in the show where we move into our speed round of questions. We mm. like to play a couple games here. First game we like to play is Fuck, Mary Kill. Are you familiar with the game? Oh, yeah. Yes, I am. All right, basically, I have three names here. I will tell you them, and you tell me which category each goes into. First name, John Travolta. Second name, Sylvester Stallone. Third name, Tom Cruise. Kill John Travolta off the bat. Really? Yeah. Did you guys didn't get along on Face Off? My problems with him extend far beyond that set. Okay. I just think that it's a it's a open secret in Hollywood that John Travolta deserves to die. I mean, his movie that's out right now, Gotti, is not doing too well. It's not about movies. It's not about religion. It's not about Scientology? I have no comment on any religion. It's so much bigger than that. All right. Well, we'll leave it at that. Uh, so, killing John Travolta. I would marry Tom Cruise. All right. For obvious reasons. He is a charming fellow. Very charming. Great sense of style. He could run. And I would fuck Sylvester Stallone. You don't seem uh, happy about that choice. <sighs> it's not an easy choice of the Mary fuck dynamic between Tom Cruise and Sylvester Stallone. However, it was brought to my attention that Sylvester Stallone starred in a pornographic film. Yes. I read on Wikipedia that in that film, it became clear that he is modestly endowed, meaning he doesn't got a big cock. Oh, I, di I did not know that. And this isn't slander. This is on Wikipedia. Now, I'm to think that if I were to fuck one of these men, meaning that one of them may fuck me, Sylvester Stallone would be the less painful choice from a girth perspective. Fair enough. Um, and he's getting older, so his stamina isn't as much as the other two. 
All right. Well, um, we've reached the point of our show where we do a little bit of word association. Mm. Basically, I will say a word, and you tell me the first thing that comes to mind. First word. Film. Movie star. Booze. Boot. Gambling. Every day. Money. Never enough. Women. Never enough. Risks. Always. Yes. No. Finance. Uh. Legacy. Duplo. All right. Well, that's about all we have time for today. I want to thank Nick Cage for stopping by again. It has been a great time, and I hope you've enjoyed your time here. Is there anything you want to say before you head out? See my movies. All right. Well, thank you again, Nick, for coming in here, and thank you all for listening, and we will see you all next time. again for listening to the yes and i am podcast this podcast has been completely improvised so instead of having the actual nicholas cage here today it has been my buddy willie zabar how's it going man it's going good how about you it's going great oh man i i i told you before we started recording that i had um a high bar set for nick cage because there's a lot of nick cage impressions out there but uh, you nailed it, man. That was a lot of fun. That was really fun. Um, have you ever done Nick Cage before? No, not really. I mean, I've like uh, quoted his movies and stuff. Actually, this past weekend, I was quoting uh, Portocol, Bad Lieutenant Portocol, New Orleans. There's that. that this that's is the a farm. movie. Yeah, oh, man, it's ridiculous. I actually haven't seen the whole thing, which I'm a little ashamed about. But there's this one scene where he's in a pharmacy and he's he's like doing all kinds of hard drugs and going behind the counter to get his medication. And there's this one line where he goes, you gotta wait in line so you can make a fuck personal phone call. <laughs> I think it's good. And it was also at a point in my life before I knew that some people say, say fuck instead of fucking. Um, like, like, I'm sorry about that. I should have turned that off. Uh, we can edit that out. Oh, yeah. Um, or I can keep it. Or, it doesn't matter. <laughs> as long I as had one have... guest take yeah. a personal phone call. I paused <laughs> the, the recording, and it was his mom. Aww. And I was just kind of like, okay, all right. And he just like had a full conversation. I'm not going to lie. I mean, I, I so I turned on my phone beforehand, and I turned it back on because I wanted to look up a date if I get to plug a date. But... Uh, but I was like, I'm always concerned when I turn off my phone. I'm like, oh, what if like someone's has like 30 seconds to live and they're gonna call me, which is like not super likely. But I don't know. I don't. It happens. You know what I mean? Where they're like, you gotta say goodbye right now. And I'm like, oh, but I had a podcast. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. No, I had a lot of uh, Nick Cage movies listed here. Yeah. A lot of his ones that like are considered like so good, so bad they're good. Yeah. Uh, like Vampires Kiss, The Wicker Man. Oh, man. Drive angry. I wish I'd seen more of these, man. I've seen the highlight reel from from the new Wicker Man, and it's. I mean, like, yeah, it's a, It's like he's. I remember a friend uh, was described. My friend Max Atkinson described uh, Nicholas Cage as an internet sensation beyond a meme, a sensation. Oh, there is a re- Reddit called One True God, and it's a Reddit <laughs> completely dedicated to the worship of Nicholas Cage. Hell yeah, I, I I am a fan of it myself. Um. But yeah, no, where, where that uh, interview was going, I was like, I am not going to mention his bad movies or like his performances because he is very upset right now. <laughs> I just love the idea like 
There's no way he's like as weird as his weirdest within the movies, but I feel like he's the kind of person like will have these little outbursts. Because he's like capable of being a normal actor in many parts of many of his movies. But he's also just kind of a fuck up in real life, too. Yeah. Like, um, he's got he, problems. He's been uh, arrested or had law issues twice. He was arrested in New Orleans for getting in a fight. Really? And get this he was bailed out by Dog the Bounty Hunter. Fuck yeah, he was. <laughs> like, I, I read that That's fact awesome. and I, like, I was like, no way this is true. I, I don't believe this. But uh, apparently it's a thing. And then uh, he had his famous fight in Vegas with Vince Neal, uh, the lead singer of Motley Crue. Really? Yeah, like, and two of them were, what? like, just drunk. And, like, this is fat Vince Neal. This is, like, recent Vince Neal. Yeah. Not cool, like, 80s Vince Neal. Oh, my God. So, um, yeah, it was just two, like, middle-aged men just, like, barren. And it was, it, the, the video's out there. I, I recommend looking it up. I feel bad for Nick because the thing is, like, he's not a monster. You know what I mean? Like, if he was actually, like, like yeah, he's, he's had trouble with the law. He's had trouble with money. But, like... I'm not convinced he's a bad person. You know what I mean? I'm like, I'm sure, because like, I know we've touched base on it, but like, he is a Coppola. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, that is a, that's a fucking crazy thing to have to live up to. Oh, of course. And especially if you're, if you're in show business, you know? No, definitely. So like, how can you not, how can you not be all messed up from that? I mean, yeah, I, I, I can't imagine what it would be like in that family. But I mean, there's a uh, Jason Schwartzman too, and he's forget that. And he's turned that. out. Pretty normal, it seems. Is he, he's a Coppola as well? Yeah, he's a Coppola. Uh, okay, that makes sense. Coppola. I keep saying Coppola because there's this great restaurant called Coppola's on the Upper West Side. That I mean, <laughs> it might be pronounced Coppola. It's, it's, it's Italian. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like it's Coppola. I think you're right. I think it's Coppola. I've have always you, heard Francis Ford Coppola. Have you ever seen Koya Nascotzi? I have not. Oh, it's amazing. Is that a Coppola film? It is. So I think, I don't know if he produced it or directed it or what, but it's just like, it's all slow motion or time lapse. There's no dialogue. There's no narrative. But basically they were like, got. I, I think he self-financed and just brought these 70 millimeter cameras and filmed all over the world and just had Philip Glass score it. And it's two hours long. It's, it's amazing. I mean, it's like, there's no word. You can talk over it. You put it up on a party. It's great. And I remember I learned about it in this, uh, in this documentary class at college, and the teacher was like, yeah, like people say it's a big drug movie, but it's not just a drug movie. I was movie. about to say, it sounds like it'd be great to watch high. It is exclusively great to watch high. It's it's phenomenal on its own. Like, it's very interesting. I don't know if you'll get through it if you're not. St- like, there's no reason. You don't have to watch it all at once. And there's kind of, like, there's an arc, but there's not a story, if that makes sense. Like, there's a reason There's a reason they're showing you is what they're Is there actors? There's no actors. Oh, okay. It's literally just they set up these these cameras to either just, like, like film, like, the Grand Canyon in time lapse, so you're seeing, like, the clouds go real fast or just like a, like a rocket taking off in super slow motion and it's i'm pretty sure it's all shot in 70 and it's like it's it's gorgeous yeah of course and it's and, but it's like you know the it's very like, what am i watching yeah no it's, it's very unclear why it exists but it's super cool that it does very cool yeah yeah so willie yeah. you are an actor comedian mm-hmm. in new york city what do you have going on uh, in terms of, like, actual sh- regular, sh- like, shows I'm yeah, doing? Yeah, what, what, um, what do you do? What, what, what's your thing in the city here? So I don't have a monthly show of my own anymore. Um, I did call uh, This Tastes Funny, and it might come back at some point. What is that? It was a food-themed comedy show that was uh, unofficially sponsored by Zabar's, uh, a, a family of which I am a part in a store. So it's like the Coppola's. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like if the, the kid from the family who runs the restaurant, Coppola's, did comedy so it's i mean i don't know i'm glad i'm not working in a family business you know what i mean like it would suck to like 
be trying to start my own store or something. You know what I mean? It's not exactly the same, but yeah, yeah like uh, if you wanted to be a chef, but you you didn't want to be associated with your family's food, I'd have to change my name. Yeah. yeah. What, what would your new last name be? Oh, that's a good question. Well, it depends if I'm trying to hide the fact that I'm Jewish. Oh, that's true. Or I, what I'm, I mean, I could like I could do Barsky, which a lot of people, a lot of people in the family did when they came over from Russia. Or like if there was a superhero that you had to steal the last oh, name of. Oh, so man. So doing a complete Nicolas Cage. That's a hard one. Um, maybe like, oof, that's a really hard one. Superhero. Last name. What's what's uh, this is going to be on tape, by the way. So this might be your new stage name. Oh, um, <laughs> I I like it's not okay. It's not a, based on superhero, but I got this bucket hat that I wear a lot. I love I love my bucket hat. I hope I always have it. I want to be buried in it. Uh, and it's also referred to as a boonie hat. Boonie hat. Yeah. So I feel like Willie Booney or like Bill Booney would be a good. Uh, okay. Good stage name or something? Willie, Bill Booney. Bill I, I, Booney? I, I like Bill Booney. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things where I'm like, it sounds so good that I'm like, it has to be a thing that I heard somewhere and I just don't remember. Source Amnesia, man. That's a, it's a terrible part of this. Live at Caroline's, it's Bill Booney. Oh, my God. That's that's like that's the goyish version of me. The goyish version. Yeah. Just Bill, Booney. Bill Booney. This is going to be a character you're going to develop Oh, now. Bill Booney. <laughs> it's, the, it's your, like, southern <laughs> hick. He definitely sounds like he's from, like, guy. Alabama. Bill Booney. Yeah, I mean, like, it literally would have to play into some kind of thing of, like, I'm from the Boonies. Like, what's uh, what's Larry the Cable Guy's real name? Dan, uh... Yeah, it's, it's, it's something real weird. And yeah. It, and it's, like, it, it, it's, it's almost kind of depressing because... He's got like a college degree and stuff. Yeah, but I know it's also like super impressive the fact that like he found this market and he nailed it. And like Jeff Foxworthy, I'm sure still tours and still makes a sh- like a ton of money. I don't know why. But I just that's decided, who yeah. he is, though. That's yeah. who De- Jeff Foxworthy is. Yeah, Larry the Cable Guy is a persona. It is a social commentary almost. Yeah, Dan Whitney, I think it is. Dan Whitney, I think that's his name. Um, I wonder if he's related to Eli Whitney. But anyway, uh, yeah, I don't know, like. I'm like, imp- like I know all the hate he gets, and I think he deserves some of it. Like some of the political, I, you, have, you gotta watch this interview on like Fox and Friends. It's so weird because there's like weird, there's like touching that happens. Oh, is he actually a Republican? So that's the weird thing. He was, it was during the election, and it was like, it wasn't that he was, it wasn't that he seemed pro-Trump, but like many people on the right was anti-Hillary at the time. So I feel like that was what was motivating it. But I would not, I would think that he can't express. Any kind of like like liberal politics without alienating his fan base, mm-hmm. and whether and that's it's also an interesting about cognitive dissonance. Where I wonder, like, if you embody that like caricature for long enough, like, will you become further and further to the right? I don't really know. You know, I, what mean, I mean, Stephen Colbert, it didn't happen to him. He's still very that's true. leftist. That's a that's a that's a that's a good point. That's a really good point. But I think part of it is that Colbert was performing two other leftists. Making fun of the right, true. Versus Lair the Cable Guy, I am pretty sure that his fan base is like, I'm not gonna say just Republicans, but like you know, Middle America, whatever. Like, yeah, no, like very Trump's demographic. Sure. Yeah. Interesting. This is as much the most political we've ever gotten <laughs> on this show because I usually have a strict no politics rule. Oh really? But like, you know, just like the alter persona things was very in the Nick Cage vein. Yeah. So you used to have that show. What else okay. you got going on? So I'm uh, myself and uh, this might come out mid July. By the way, oh that's totally fine. That's um, but we'll just talk about the project in general. There's this thing, comedy star karaoke, mm-hmm. ka- karaoke parody karaoke. I, I fucked this all up. Three, 
two, one. It's all, you're not going to edit this. Uh, <laughs> it's called Parody Star Karaoke. It's usually written like parody asterisk karaoke. Uh, it's a project started by Daniel Aaron's fucking hilarious uh, New York-based comic, good friend of mine. Um, basically, we write parody songs, and then we invite the audience to sing them with us. But uh, the catch is that, like, a lot of the humor comes from the fact that they're not they're not weird out parody songs. You know what I mean? Okay. These aren't like songs with like replay appeal that you would like listen to and be like, oh, the musicianship is so good. It's like, oh, this is the joke, and now I as an audience member must perform it for three minutes. And it's it's super fun. I, so I'm, so it is pre written, but you you almost like the you want it so like the audience doesn't want to sing along. Yeah, that's kind of, I mean it's kind of like, yeah that's a big part of it. It's like once you're on stage, they it's they kind of have to yes and it. You know, yeah, of which course. is it's super it's a super fun concept. I hope I'm doing it justice. But it's, it's Dan Aaron's for sure. Dan Aaron's uh, brainchild. That I'm lucky enough to be like a part of this like kind of collective that's that's working on it. And we have one show on July 6th, and we have a few more coming out. I think they're all before uh, mid July, so I don't. Can't tell you exactly when they are. Where do they, they normally go up, though? So this is the thing. So we're, we haven't found a, a permanent venue, but the first one is at the pit. That's one of the sixth. And then we have a few more. To, I wish I should have brought this, uh, written this out and brought it with me, but I didn't. Um, but anyway, check uh, check Facebook. Do you have an Instagram or anything? I have an Instagram, Instagram Willie Zabar, W-I-L-L-I-E-Z-A-B-A-R. Uh, and then also check. So I have a, my main char- my primary character, Jaime Wilhelm, uh is part of this collective within the canon. So he, so if you check my Facebook uh, page for him, Jaime, H-Y-M-I-E space W-I-L-H-E-L-M, uh, you'll get updates uh, about those shows. And also, yeah, and I have an email list that if you want to be on it, contact me through Instagram or whatever. I'll just put you on it. Don't use MailChimp. I just have uh, like an Excel document with all these email addresses. Well, that is very professional of you. I don't have a mailing list. I have an Instagram page, and uh, I have a Twitter too that I never tweet from. Oh, I haven't tweeted since like 2011. <laughs> yes, and I am. Go follow us on Instagram. I do post there. Twitter, uh, maybe in the future. <laughs> I, I have the, I have I have yes and I am on Twitter though. Okay, nice. That's good to have. Yeah, I, I, it's fu- it's messed up. I have I definitely have like Willie Willie Zipper is my main one, and I have like Jaime Wilhelm on Twitter, but I haven't like tweeted from it ever. And it's one of these things where like I was really into Twitter in like 2011, 2012, and like nothing good came of it. And I was just spending a lot of time on it. I, 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 tell me if you do this too. I spend a lot of time online like looking for things that will upset me like look like I'll, I'll see the comments i'll be like oh the comment section of this is going to be really backwards and hateful i'm going to read it and i read it and i just feel bad and i want to quit that i hate it so much but that's what like that's what like youtube comments facebook comments twitter in general instagram's a little better because you look at the specific posts and like you have to really look to see the comments but i don't know man i fucking hate my addiction to these terrible, terrible things. And like reading trolls. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, thank you for coming by <laughs> here. This note, has yeah. been a lot of fun. Yeah, fun. Uh, if you want to write nice things about the podcast and not troll us, go on iTunes or wherever you're listening to this podcast. Give us a five star review because it helps more people find the show and that helps us. Thank you all for listening and we will see you all next time.